Well, we're back for another empowering conversation on the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. We'll be right back with my next guest, and I promise you, you will be blessed by this conversation. Well, I am delighted to have in the podcast studio with me today, Dr. Joyce Gilmer, who is an author, itinerary preacher, keynote speaker, and ministry and marketplace coach, affectionately known as the Dream Activate Her. Dream Activate Her. She has 30 years of experience serving in leadership capacities and preaching messages of healing and hope nationwide, captivating audiences with her candid humorous, and transparent presentation style. She has preached and taught thousands and mentored and coached countless others in revivals, retreats, workshops, and conference settings. She's been privileged to receive an honorary doctor, doctor of divinity degree from the Pentecostal Bible College in Tuskegee, Alabama, for her life experience and noted work with women in ministry. She is the visionary of the Kingdom Sisters Network, founder of the Kingdom Builders Club in Clubhouse, a certified professional coach, certified Christian life coach, and his coach trainer with his coach training academy who certifies others desiring to enter coaching ministry. Additionally, she is the CEO of Empowered Living Coaching and Consulting, LLC, helping women to get clear about their purpose, produce profit from their passion, and walk in a fuller expression of who God has called them to be. Seated at the core of all she does in ministry and marketplace is her desire to please God and empower people as a facilitator of breakthrough a provoker of permanent change, and as an activator of the dreams that lie in others. I love that. I love that. Facilitate a breakthrough, provoker of permanent change. Yes. Hear that? Lasting change. And an activator of dreams that lie in others. Will you help me welcome Dr. Joyce Gilmer to the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast community. Welcome, Dr. Joyce. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you for coming. I know how busy you are. Listen, you have, you have the crown for busyness. How about productive? We're both being very productive. <laughs> We're being productive. Isn't that what Bishop preached the other day? Yes. Wednesday night, he said, God's calling us to be productive, even absolutely. in a pandemic, right? Yes, absolutely. And I am so excited um, about what God is doing through this podcast. And I'm excited about what he's doing through you and all the work that you were doing before the pandemic and during the pandemic. And I just know it's just going to continue to go to the next level after this pandemic. Thank you. It has been, God has been amazing. It has been I'm an amazing you. journey. I mean, just an amazing journey. A lot has happened in a year. A lot of great things has happened in the year. So Yeah, there's been a lot of nuggets and, and gems and a lot of um, really good things that have come out of this pandemic season. I know in my life and ministry it has. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, know crushing it. you are crushing it, Dr. Tony. Girl, we see we see listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. After I got over the shock. Yeah. <laughs> of this pandemic, you know, because I went into 2020 like you with a full calendar, full ministry calendar, yeah. right? I mean, I was booked all the way up to like October. Yeah. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden by February, stuff started, you know, people, oh no, we got, we got to cancel. I mean, we had to cancel stuff at the church. We had to cancel people. People was canceling us left and right. Bishop and I, we both looking at each other like, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> and I had to talk to God about it for a minute. Cause I was like, now Lord, now you told me 
to do this and that and the other. And I mean, and I had started the podcast, um, um, Joyce, right before the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I had all these plans and goals and vision for this podcast. And then right after I launched, we were we were in a pandemic. Wow. And I was like, now, God, you told me to launch a podcast. How am I supposed to do this? And now we're in a pandemic and I can't go nowhere and promote this podcast and this, that and the other. And once I got over the shock of it and leaned into it, and God said to me, either you can be uh, paralyzed by it or you can be productive in it. Come on. Yes. <laughs> paralyzed by it or you can be productive in it. And I chose to be productive. Yeah. And I just started where I was, girl, and yeah. started doing what I could do. And here we are today, a full year almost. Well, now it's May. So I started yeah. in March of last year. So I've, I've crossed over the year mark. And look at look at what God Congratulations. Is doing. So not only were you productive in it, but you've also been propelled as a result of it. There's a whole propelling that also took place. I believe it took place faster. Yeah. Convergence. It's just been amazing to watch. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I'm 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 excited. So why don't you share a little bit about your ministry journey with us, uh Joyce? Yeah, sure. So I was like, do I start when I was 12 years old? Like how far, you know, I feel like I've been in church my entire life. Um, just about. But I was called in my 20s to minister the gospel. Um, really passionate evangelist. I mean, you know, jumping on pews, running up and down the aisles. I was just all in for God, literally <laughs> uh, preaching and doing tent revivals, just very um, zealous for the Lord. And then um, fast forward, way fast forward. I, you know, uh, married my husband. We we're in ministry. We also um, pastored a church in, on the West Coast. We pastored uh-huh. that church for eight years. Yeah. Um, together. And we mm-hmm. started that, that church in our living room, uh, just in our living room. And, and it grew and we ended up um, getting a um, almost two acre property where we were able to just build from the ground up. And God just blessed us and favored us in that place for seven years. And then we moved to Georgia or eight years. We moved mm-hmm. to Georgia. We were also assistant pastors for seven years before that. So I okay. have been embedded with ministry. Just it's in my veins and my blood. It's just I've been doing ministry my whole life, it feels like. Um, and now I am also walking in the fuller expression of ministry by way of um, really empowering other women through my network, the Kingdom Sisters Network, which I've right. had since 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we really focus on building the individual woman as well as her call to ministry and marketplace assignments um, from all over the world, literally UK, you name it, Africa. We have women all over the world in that network. Um, it was yeah, it was online at first for for several years, just inspirational. I just got in there just inspiring women. Really, okay. really pastors' wives, because okay. I was one. <laughs> okay, okay. In the struggle, not struggle. I was in the struggle. I'm looking for <laughs> support. The tea had dropped all the way out. Yeah, I was looking for, you know, just a safe space, a, a place that I could be myself, be authentic Mm-hmm. Um, outside of, you know, in the member circle where one looks up to you. I wanted to be able to, to talk to other women that were in ministry. So okay. it started from that place. Um, and then also from a pain point, because I realized there were also circles that I was not welcomed in. Okay. Um, because okay. of who I was. Um, okay. Because I was the pastor's wife, because of all those things. And then there was also a echelon within the ministry circle. Um, if you weren't at a certain, you know, place in your ministry or you'd have a certain membership base, you were not going to be mm-hmm. with those particular people. So I thought I'd create a space and I was really um, upset one day and I was in prayer and I was like, Lord, what is this? You know, why am I so irritated by this? And okay. he really led me to create, to be what I wanted to see. And oh. that was my mandate. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of how KSN started. And so I created okay. a certain space that didn't matter Really, as long as you love God, you were welcome in. And as long as you were called to ministry, you were welcome in. And wow. so we have various denominations in the organization. I mean, I have so many AME sisters I would have never met, met before. I'm telling you. Oh, it's good. Yeah. That's all I was. I love, I was and you know, I always <laughs> said, if I, if, I, if I wasn't Pentecostal, I would join the AME church. Yes. <laughs> I love my AMEs. Yes, they are amazing. I mean, just amazing. I love my AME friends and sisters in yeah. ministry. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. Well, I mean, you you've had you've been in ministry a long time. Yeah. And um and I'm grateful that you and your husband are in ministry at right now. Your one of your assignments is serving with us with Bishop Alvarado and I at yeah. Grace Church International. And you all have been a blessing to the house. You've been a blessing to us as a as as a pastoral couple. 
and um, and um, ministry leaders. And so um, it's a blessing. It's not very many people like you and your husband that can come and submit themselves to another couple in ministry. And I admire that in both of you. Well, thank you. It's been an honor. It's not that many people that can do that. You know that. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) You may have done that. Yes, ma'am. I've been in these kingdom streets for a long time. um, I am very well aware of a lot of what exists. And so, um, you know, we, I mean, it was a prayer. It was a prayer that we prayed to God. And because we had been through so much, meaning by way of experience, we had been in a lot of mm-hmm. major circles, met a lot of major people, celebrities, mm-hmm. name, and we walk in, people know who we are, come to the front, waving us down the whole nine. And so we had to really mm-hmm. come to a place where people could pour into us, people okay. who had been through something, people who could, you know, when you're at the cap, you're the cap. And that's it. Like, you know, so it was like this, but it's like, okay, you know now they say, when you're yeah. the biggest fish in the pond, you got to find a bigger pond. <laughs> absolutely. And so absolutely GCI was the place for us. And I will never forget. I know when I, I'm going to tell you about this little story. I'll never forget the very first time I sat in Bishop Jonathan Alvarado's office. This is what got me. It was my husband, my husband <laughs> and I, we both came together. We sat in that office and he said to us, he said to me, um, I was telling our past story. He said to me, you are not healed. Those are the words oh, he spoke to me. Wow. He said, you are not healed because of my, I was like, oh yeah, I went through that. I was over that. It's been, you know, he said, he leaned in. We know how he raises his eyebrow. He leaned in, he leaned in. <laughs> he says, uh, you are not healed. And my husband put his hand on my kneecap. I mean, put his hand on my knee and he's like, are you all right? I'm like, I'm fine. My first me, I'm like, you don't know me. Like, how do you know? I'm not, you know, that was the first result. But he spoke to me really, I, I feel like he spoke to me as a father, which is something I had been missing in a spiritual capacity. And uh-huh. so something about my heart and my soul needed to heal that because it gave me permission to heal. Oh. In a safe okay. space, you know? Okay, okay. Um, and, and then you were the person that said, you know, there's nothing wrong with where you are because you realized there was more that I could continue to grow and become. So right, you all played right, those right. roles in my, in my life. And so that's really what sold me on GCI and connecting to that space. And so I think we've been there now for like 13 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you, and your and your lovely daughters. Um, yes. You know my girl. You know me. I love me some Alexis. That's yes. girl right there. <laughs> yes. Um. Well, you. I mean, it, it's been an interesting road. Ministry has its um, pitfalls. You know that. It has its up obstacles. It has high points, low points, all of that, and everything in between. And you've observed women in ministry, um, all all of your life. You, you've been a woman in ministry for a number of years and you've observed other women. What are some of, what, what would you say are some of the struggles as it relates to self-care um, when it comes to being a woman in ministry? Well, I think it's the drive to go and lose focus on the growing. Like we get focused on the going and we lose focus on the growing. And what I mean by the growing is the need to grow in our self-care. Just as we're as adamant and passionate we are about serving others, going to visit the sick and the, uh, you know, always visit mm-hmm. the sick, pray for the sick, mm-hmm. all of the funerals, marriages, just all the things. It can get really caught into that vortex. It's a great vortex. Don't misunderstand me. It can, it can uh, eat you up and swallow you out. You will be it's, like... It's- the ministry is a machine that will eat you up and swallow you out. And you might get a thank you at the end, maybe. Maybe. Once it throws you out. Uh-huh. Um, and, so, and so for me, I think that's one of the things I think I, for even me personally, that I got involved in the, in the going um, and in the doing of ministry because it's my call. Um, it's yeah. my mandate. I love it. And I love seeing the results on people's lives. I love just watching the aha moments, the breakthroughs, just all of that. I got so focused on that. Um, that I, I believe I lost sight of just me. Who am I? Wow. Um, literally, who am I? I asked myself that, myself that one day. After all these 30 years of ministry, I stopped and I, I was like, okay, my kids are about to be finished with high school. <laughs> I was like, okay, who am I again? At, when I'm not the pastor's wife, when I'm not mom, when I'm not first lady, prophetess, evangelist, doctor, all the titles they want to call me, when I'm not that, who is Joyce? Um, wow. And really feeling this emotional emptiness, sort of speak, and um, tired, wow. you know, mm-hmm. fatigue, just lost track of mm-hmm. who I am and my stamina and my stride and just got just tired. Um, and so for me, I think it was just, again, I think it was, I hate these word balance, but it was about harmonizing. But I yeah. did lose balance. I okay. lost balance. I was one dimensional. I was ministry oriented. 
two-dimensional. Ministry and my family, that was it. Um, okay. Yeah, and I just, I wasn't taking they care of You lost me. yourself in the process. Absolutely. Was not taking care of me. You said something um, that was interesting I want to pick up on. You said, um, you a couple of things you said. Um, you focused, you were, we focus on the going and we don't focus on growing. Yeah. In the terms of our own spiritual health, our physical health, life, you know, mental health, all those things. And I had Dr. Jessica Ingram on the podcast um, this month and she's talked, we talked about spiritual formation and she talked, she said that for her, it was a wake up call because in one time in her prayer time, the Lord said to her, you are working for me, but you don't know me. Wow. And she said that was a wake up call for her. And we was just, you know, talking about that whole spiritual formation and our spiritual health and how important that is to self-care. But what I hear you talking about also is self-awareness um, because self-care begins with self-awareness. And you said, I asked myself after 30 years, who is Joyce? When I'm not the pastor, when I'm not the teacher, when I'm not the wife, when I'm not the mother, when I'm not the preacher that everybody's calling, who am I at the core? And what that, do I like? What do I like to do? What do I enjoy? You know, I didn't realize I enjoy taking walks. I enjoy the breeze going through my face. Like there were just simple things that I didn't even know I liked or enjoyed because I'd been doing and being everything for everyone else. Isn't that just crazy? <laughs> and it is. And you know what I say? Self-care is not a one size fit all proposition. Yeah. And so it is important that you and I find what we enjoy. What do we like? And here's the other thing. We have to explore, explore because Absolutely. there were things that I enjoyed at 37 that I don't really enjoy at 58. And now there are things that I that I'm doing that I enjoy that I never thought I never thought I would enjoy hiking. Yeah. And I love hiking. I'm in the midst of planning a hiking trip right now. A wow. hiking trip with my little walking crew. We're planning to go out of town for two, three days, and we're looking for trails to hike while we're there. And wow. I just never thought at 58 years old that I would love hiking. And I've, wow. I, I've always enjoyed walking, but now I've even taken it to another level. It's like, yeah, I want to walk, but I also want to hike. I want to see, I want to see uh, waterfalls, experience waterfalls. And it's a different experience. Hiking is different than walking because it's different terrain. And right. a lot of times it may not be the same amount of miles, but the rigor of it is something that I have come to enjoy. And the exploration yeah. part of it is something yeah. that I've come to enjoy. But you don't know that if you don't take time for yourself. Right. And giving yourself permission. So this is something else that I think was important for me in terms of my pivot in this area was giving okay. myself permission to say no to others and say yes to me. Oh. And that has to do with my time, my energy. <laughs> oh, my, my God. Resources, all Listen, let me say something. Things. Put a pin in that energy because the older we get, <laughs> energy... <laughs> You can have time and not energy. Yes, <laughs> yes. That energy becomes so important at this age. When you're in your 50s and 60s, energy is it's it's like money. You got to budget it like money. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You are so right. And I put it on reserve. I got to like keep them on the reservoir and I have to pause before I answer my phone because I'm trying to think, calculate how much energy is that going to take me? You know, that person, mm, I'm going to wait. I'll call them back. Let them go to voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Or I'm going to email because I know if I text, I got to respond back five times. Let me just go ahead and calculate that in the email so I can be done. <laughs> you know, just those types of things are what I'm, it's a strategy to protect my, my peace, my space. Come and on my that that's it strategy mm -hmm. to protect your peace yeah. your energy your time your mental health your well-being and we have to do that because in ministry people expect us to be open and available all the time all the time can you talk about that <laughs> i'm serious all the time. Can we we talk about that. Please. Yeah, all the time. I mean, I just, and I, but I also believe this is one place I got freed in, Dr. Tony, um, is that we have to let people know what our boundaries are. I think probably part of the problem in, in ministry is that because we, it is a service oriented call, 
um, that we thought we had to have uh, 24-hour access. And I'm not saying dismissive about emergencies and those types of things. Yeah. Um, but you can train people to respect your boundary. Oh, yeah. And, and talk so, about that. How do we do that? So, How do we train people in ministry? Because now here's the thing. Mm-hmm. People want... Well, they I reached out to the church or I reached out to the pastor and no one called me or they they didn't come or this, that, and the other. So how do we train people to respect the boundaries of pastors and leaders and people in ministry so that they can know that we care and we are there for them, but yet we still have healthy boundaries around our own life and our own self-care? How do we do that? How, how have you learned to do it? So many things I want to say right here, <laughs> uh, because I think there's different areas of responsibility. I think that there's a uh, a maturity level um, on the on the laity side that needs to be established and continue to nurture. I think that there's also a um, training and development that we must do from a leadership perspective to our ministries that we don't foster codependency on just the key leaders alone. I think we need to really build up and lift up teams as we think about Moses and Aaron, make them known among the people um, because and help them to respect and understand that we all are part of this core ministry. We are literally a team. And then, and then respect the boundary that you set. So if you say that I have this team, then let the team do the, let the team do it. Let yeah. the team do the work. You don't have to go in as super stylish with your suit on and, and help everything. And so one thing that I've done, because um, you asked me how I've handled this. So one thing that I've done is for me, I know that my shutdown time, my done with the daytime, I will not go beyond eight o'clock. Okay. It's not going to happen. And that's mm-hmm. because in my household, we both work from home and my husband works all day from home, all day, all day, all day on the phone. And so when he's done though, he wants my attention and my presence. Okay. So I can't be on the phone another five hours. Right. Because he's going to be asleep. And now what are we doing with our heart? What are we doing with our marriage? That don't work. So I know for me, eight o'clock is it. That means for me, I do not answer calls and text messages and respond and all that stuff at those times. I begin to train people. Now, mm-hmm. there's some things I could answer, but I'm like, you know what? That can be answered by email. I'll respond in the morning. Right, so right. If I would respond at so that it time, can be it, done, but it doesn't have to be done right now. Right now, but mm-hmm. if I stop what I'm doing and respond in that moment, I'm training them that they can have access to me anytime they call. Mm-hmm. I'm not You're answering right. that very. It's not yeah. that important. You're right. And that's just kind of one of the things that I've done, you know. Um, but I will respond, or I'll respond in the moment. I'll say, you know what, I'll get back with you, just so they know mm-hmm. that they've been acknowledged. Yeah. But I'm not going to give the full gamut right and now. And here's the other thing: what we need to do is. Um, because we, I mean, in our church, we have teams and we let our leaders lead, mm-hmm. but then that. you still have people who would prefer. Yeah. You, You're going to have that. You know, you still have that. So what do you say to the ministry leaders or the ministry, the pastor or the person in ministry when those times, how do you handle that when they, when they are not respecting, uh, the, the team that you put in place? <laughs> that's a that's a tough question. Only because yeah. of the sensitivity of, of mm-hmm. people. They're very, you can be very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I really don't have an answer. I'm going to give a, a suggestion or pose another question. Perhaps it could be. Um, I think that we need to, uh, here it is. Okay, so whatever behavior we feed the longest becomes the strongest. So I okay. think that if we begin to... Um, redirect and course mm-hmm. correct and navigate. And I know that you, and tell them that, you know, their preference might, this is you addressing the person that wants the key leader, the pastor, for instance, that right. they need your expectation, but for right now you're not available and continue to do that. But you're still there to give them everything. As long as the need is being met, you're going to be all right. If you're hungry and we're feeding you, it may not be the president feeding you, but we're here to feed you as long as you're eating. As long as that immediate need yes, is met yes. and then giving that reassurance that you care and they, this is on behalf of the leaders, you know, they love you. They couldn't come. They would love to be here, but they will not be able to whatever, but we're here on your behalf. Those types of things I think make people feel better, but still the wrong response to me is to not do the service and for the pastor to jump in and just do it because that's what the member expects. I think that that's... Yeah fostering the wrong behavior yeah, and creating yeah. dependency. I think we have too much of that. And that's also why we have a celebrity veil in leadership. Oh, wow. Wow. 
you know, one time Bishop and I had, um, we had a colleague in ministry and he was like, he really thought he was, you know, I don't know. He was wearing it as a badge really. Cause he was saying mm -hmm. how on Saturday night he called every member in his church. Oh, bless you, sir. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, and the other thing I had to learn uh, in ministry, um, um, years ago, I felt like I had to be available all the time. I had to be open all the time. And some of what I realized in my coaching and in, through therapy and coaching, I found that what was driving me was not my concern for them. What was really driving me was my own fear of, of rejection. Mm. my own fear so it really wasn't even about serving them it was about my own fear of rejection so if I say no or if I'm not available will they leave the church well I come to find out you can be there for people all the time and they still gonna leave your church that part absolutely okay you know so, you know my season has changed you know oh, that, my that season thing. changed I got a new assignment <laughs> you know yeah. I'm just not feeling this no more whatever you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying so now uh, no, no. Mm -mm. You make an appointment with me just like you make an appointment with your doctor, right. with your dentist, the mechanic. You don't just call your doctor or walk in your doctor's office. You got to make an appointment. And guess what? And you go on the days and the times that they see people. Exactly. You go to your dentist on the days and the times. My dentist is not open on Fridays. Right. And if I call on Fridays, guess what? I'm going to get a machine that says call 911 if this is an emergency. Absolutely. You, you see what I'm saying? And so... We And we have to train people in ministry. We feel like in ministry, though, that we have to be there all the time. Your mechanic is not there all the time. Your lawyer is not there all the time. Your doctor, whatever doctor you're seeing, is not there all the time. Nobody is there all the time, but we expect pastors and ministry leaders to yeah. be there all the time. And then, and then, really, the real issue is sometimes, like you said, if we train and teach people, those boundaries. But the real issue I think lies with the ministry leaders, because sometimes like me, we are moved by stuff that's internal in us. And it's really yeah. not even about the people. You're exactly right. Absolutely. And, and it's the need to be needed. And it's, it's the fact that, you know, well, I'm really fulfilling my assignment. The more I show up and be for people, I'm really fulfilling my call. You know, it does something for us internally, we think, but it's also can be very devastating to us long-term that we don't even know. This is why we have sickness and things. We don't realize it till it's almost, you know, now we're in pain, but there were indicators before the pain shows up, <laughs> you yeah. know? So we need to just take the time. At the end of the day, you will not, it's better to take care of yourself because you'll, you'll be more effective in what you're called to do. You um, know, Joyce, Elder Joyce, um, um, and I call, I call you Elder Joyce and, and um, that's because that's what um, the designation that you are holding our church. And so, um, um, but I remember a few years ago, you had some surgery and, mm -hmm. um, and I remember you talking about how you were, you knew you were feeling pain, but you kept pressing past that pain mm -hmm. until it came to a point where you could not ignore that pain anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was, I remember you sharing that. I don't know where I heard you sharing that. I don't know if it was in, in a conversation or a ministry moment or something, but I remember you, and this wasn't that long ago. It was a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think it was 2019, I believe, or 2018. Um, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's when I had the, the gallbladder situation. Um, and and yeah. talk a little bit about that. What, because you, you were sharing something about that and how you had to stop and deal with it. Yeah, you know, okay, so I remember having my brain slow down because I think that Faith, which is the thing that is supposed to fuel us, can also be the thing that gets in the way. Oh, drop the mic. I'm going to let that soak for a second. Woo! Great. <laughs> I, I got to write that down. Say that again. Faith that so, is supposed to fuel us. Uh-huh. Faith fuels us. Uh-huh. Can also be the thing that gets in the way. Okay. Say you something know? else about that. I'm so, Yes. So as a woman of faith and ministry, been safe since 1978, March 12, 1978. Mm -hmm. um, you believe God for everything. You trust God for everything. You pray God's going to heal you. God's going to do whatever. So you have this faith factor that you're just believing God. Right. Mm -hmm. so that's what I mean, but so when the pain comes, you can either have you'll have faith for 
oh, God's going to just make me feel better. I'm going to push past this by faith. I'm going to just keep on, you know, I've got one leg dragging, but I'm still moving by faith. You just keep on pressing through because faith, right? Faith, you know, faith can move mountains. Faith can, I'm going to feel better in just two more hours. Faith, like, you know, so that's what I mean by it gets in the way um, because it can be like you, you it can almost make you negate the reality of what you need to deal with and what you need to address. And that's what I'm saying. And so you. you can keep doing that until it's almost too late. Or for me, in my case, literally that institute we're talking about, um, I started feeling pain during the day. It was literally like 12 hours of excruciating pain because I'm trying to stay in faith. Foolishness. Okay. Just want to mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. Um, it's you know? a pain called foolishness. And that, right. and, and, it's, and you know, sometimes we can be very presumptuous in our faith. Absolutely. And faith is not a denial of the reality of our situation because I can have, you know what, it's to, to have faith that God is going to, to heal me does not mean to deny that I'm sick. Right. And that's what we need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> because really, why do I need healing if I'm not sick? So I have yeah. to acknowledge that I need healing. I yeah. need, I have sickness going on in my body or mental health or my relationships or my finances, whatever it is, if I don't acknowledge those things, faith can't even be activated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what's important. And it has to be, um, so you have to, it has to be assessed. So conditions have to be assessed, right? Before they can be addressed. And so like- I See, there you go, driving more gyms. <laughs> there you go. And I think it's so important, even when you go to the doctor, when you go to the doctor uh-huh. and you sit and they take all these tests, right? Because they're trying to assess what's going on. They're trying to establish what is known as a baseline. Mm-hmm. Once they establish mm-hmm. the baseline, they have a point whereby which they can now measure progress, assess mm-hmm. treatments, measure mm-hmm. results as you improve. It's important. And I think like you, like you were saying earlier, we can't even get ourselves to get out of the fear factor to just go check. Just get an assessment to see what might be going on. And we'll keep so it we going. Don't go to the doctor. We don't have our annual checkups. Fear. We don't get our mammogram. We don't do go to the dentist. We don't do, we don't do. And then some of it is just what, what I love about it is like, I have Kaiser Permanente and they call them wellness checks. Right. We don't just, I don't have to be sick. I, I just go for my annual visits. I'm not sick. I'm not broke down, okay. but I need to make sure in a sense. But didn't that what, isn't that what Jesus did with people? Look at the man at the pool. He asked him, do you want to be made whole? I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's an assessment of his will. Yes. (laughs) That's it. You know what I'm saying? Do you? I mean, Jesus didn't just heal people. He would say, show me your, stick your hand out. (laughs) That's an assessment. The man with the withered hand, he didn't just walk up to him and say, your hand healed. The man had to show Jesus his hand. Yeah. Now that's the sermon right there. So you have to, yes, yeah, so you have to. We need a tag team on that. So you need to, you need to participate. There's a participatory participatory element in this. Participate in your own healing. In your own healing, in your own deliverance, in your own self care. Since we're talking about self care today, you know you must participate. I can sit here and know all of the proclivities of diabetes, hypertension, and say I'm a, I'm in faith that it's not going to hit my life. It won't come to me because I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. But what if you have that awareness? that those things exist in your family line. So you can then take action to begin to work some elements of prevention. So it does not have to, your faith can partner with that information. Oh my <laughs> God. A more effective and powerful result. I'm just saying it's not enough to say confess. And faith La- and that's that lasting change that you talked about. Yes. That, that consistent change, because see, the, here's the thing. Prevention um, is always better than cure. Yeah. Preventive measures or preventive medicine is always more effective than I heard something last week on um, on Clubhouse. I'm a part of the Black Women's Leadership Network with Dr. Jean Porter King and um, 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 Risha Taylor came on. I don't know if you remember Risha. I do remember her. Um, Mm -hmm. And Risha was in the audience and I brought her up because I was moderating and um, and I'm I need to bring her on the podcast so we can talk more about this. But she says something because she's a diet, she's a, um, a nutritionist and she does diabetes training for, for um, Kaiser. And she said, one of the things when you're eating 
She said, you're either, and I've not forgotten it. She said, you're either fighting disease or feeding disease. Wow. She said, with everything that we eat, we're, wow. we're doing one of two things. We're either fighting disease or we're feeding disease. Wow. And that just really stuck out with me. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Because wow. either, and I tell people all the time, you know, they said, well, you, I can't afford to eat healthy. I can't afford to get a trainer. I can't afford to go get a massage. I can't afford a chiropractor. And I tell people all the time, either you're going to pay to be sick or you're going to pay to be well. Now, which one you want to pay? Because you're going to pay either way. Right. <laughs> you're going to pay. It's me now or pay me later. But yeah. you're going to pay. You're going to pay in co-pays. You're going to pay in doctor's visits, surgeries. And the ultimate pay will be paying in your life. Yeah. With your life being cut short because you didn't do what you need to do. Of course, we know that there are things that happen in all of us that we have what J. Robert Clinton calls uh, sovereign foundations that we have no control over, environmental issues, maybe even systemic stuff, or maybe sure. stuff that were, was heredity passed, hereditary passed down to us that we have no control over. But the majority of the world, world, world health organization uh, has, uh, particularly in America, has um, has um, the stat is that ninety eight to ninety nine percent of our diseases in America are tied to our lifestyle. They are not tied to clean water because in our country, we predominantly, I know we had the Flint, Michigan issue, but predominantly we have clean water. In other parts of the world, they have water issues, clean water. Right. Their food, their, their starvation is a part of what it, in that country. In this country, we throw away more food than some small countries have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So food is not an issue. Water is not mainly an issue in our country. We may have food deserts in certain communities that are, it's particularly communities of color, but those things are systemic, systemic that yeah. we have. Those are social justice issues that we have to speak loud about and do things about to change laws and things of that nature. But overall, as a nation, we're rich in resources. Right. Yeah, for sure. We but we overindulge in everything. That part. <laughs> we overindulge in everything. Yeah. And the majority of our diseases, and shall I say, even in the church, are related to our lifestyle. Yeah. It's heightened. I mean, I think it's heightened in the church and especially pre-COVID, because you know everything's centered around fellowship, and fellowship means we eat and we eat whatever. And we eat late at and night we, and we eat after and we, we eat whatever and whenever. And whenever. Whatever, One o'clock in the morning. I gained the most weight in my life. Mm -hmm. After I got grown, pastoring in ministry and going out to eat at Waffle House and Shoney's in, in Atlanta and all that after church, after all mm -hmm. these concerts, when we were doing the gospel music back in the day in the late 80s and early 90s, and we were doing our thing, but girl, we was going out and, and next thing I know, I looked up and I was a size 16. That was the most weight I, the biggest I ever been in my life. Wow. And my wake up call was when I um, was diagnosed with Graves' disease. Wow. And God literally spoke to me and said, for where I'm taking you, you are not going to make it because you're unhealthy physically, mentally, emotionally. And that's what started me on this journey. And so to see women like you taking your self-care seriously in ministry, you're being a model for others. You have to. And can we talk about the fact that um, we have to stop making excuses about what we can't do and find out what we can do? Like, I really want to I really want us to talk about that because it's a, the enemy uses that you know, as a tool to make us dismiss, oh, well, I don't like working out. You know, I'm not about to be walking five miles. It's no way I can, you know, that's- I don't want to sweat out my hair. Right, I don't want to sweat my hair. Like, right. Do you want to live? That's the question. And do you want to live longer? Because- and do you want to live well? Because you can live you longer. Live well? Because you can live longer be hooked up to a machine. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> so that I want to just live long. Either. I want to live long and well. I want to live and well. long and prosper, as they say on Star Trek. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 
How do you do it? Bishop's not here. I think you do it like that. I don't, <laughs> I don't, know. Know. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> but I tell you what, I know what the Bible says. <laughs> the Bible says, come on, Third John, I would <laughs> that you would prosper and be in health. Come on, you can finish so this, proper. Joyce. Yeah. Even, Even as your as so your soul Yes. And yeah. so the, the, even in that text that you just shared, um, it says good health in many, in many translations. It wants you to have good health. It wants you to have, um, and I think, you know, the God kind of health. And I, and I, so I, I said that earlier about making excuses about it. Find out what you can do. So maybe you're not the person that's going to run five miles, but can you walk one? Like just start moving, like finding a way to move. And I'll tell you this, Dr. Tony, for me, it also helped silence the voices in my head that were telling me I was not going to keep living, that were telling me I would not live to see my, my children have children. You know, those voices that come at you, that, that try to speak those death whispers early, you're going to die before your time, mm -hmm. all that, that comes by the enemy. When you find that you are participating and keeping yourself whole and well, it helps to silence those voices. You know, you're doing something about it. Like it's very empowering for me. It is very empowering for that's me to, powerful. to do that. To that's take powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Because that self-talk is real. So real. <laughs> so I mean, real. seriously, that self-talk, that self-doubt, the self the disbelief, and lit and that lack of self-grace. That part. Yes, for sure. And, and self-love. You recently did a book on self-love, uh ebook on self-love, right? Yeah, woman love thyself. I did. Uh-huh. Talk it's about just, that a little bit. And so, where do we find that? Um, I don't know. No. Well, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Instagram, you can find Instagram. it on Instagram. Okay. Okay. I have a link on Instagram um, right now, and um, it's also available on Payhip too. If you just go to Payhip.com and and do my name, Joyce Gilmer, you'll find okay. all types of digital products there. Um, as okay. Well. But yeah, definitely, it's called the Ten Commandments of Self Love. Um, okay. So there's one commandment that will probably speak to everybody watching at some point, depending on where you are, because there are commandments regarding relationship. You know how you got to protect and guard yourself for relationship mm -hmm. and that capacity. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many areas that we um, are not really protecting our, the lo our love levels. Like you need to protect yourself and love yourself. And you know what? It's okay to love yourself first. And yes. that's really, I think my message, you know, love yourself first. I didn't, I didn't do that for many years. I did not love myself first. I love myself later, after, if I get to it, when I get to it, maybe uh -huh. once a month on a Saturday, I might, you know, like that. But love yourself first because you're actually going to be better equipped to help keep loving and serving other people. Yeah. And that's why one of my scriptures for self-care is um, the commandment, love thy neighbor as, thy, yes. as you love thyself. Yes. Thyself. What that says yes. to me is I cannot love you any more than I can love me. And to the degree that I love me is the yes. degree that I can love you. And so self-care now becomes a priority because I see self-care as a gift, not only to me, but to every person that I have been tasked Absolutely. or called to serve and care for. When yes. I care for me, I'm caring for my husband. I'm caring for my children. I'm caring for my mom because if I'm broke down, then they're going to have to take care of me. Yeah. You yes. know, you see what I'm saying? And and one of the ways my husband, you know, I remember one time um, with Bishop, you know, at one point I, he wasn't really um, taking care of himself like he should. And one day I had to sat, sat down with him and I said, you know, one of the ways that you communicate love to me is when you take care of you, because that says I want you around for a long time. I don't want yeah. you. To, uh, I don't want you to die prematurely. And so when he started taking better care of himself and watching what he eat and cutting out all the Coca-Colas and, and candy and all that stuff. And then started losing weight and pushing me in my journey. And, and he does, he's not going to be in the gym like me. Y'all don't see Bishop in the gym, but he's an avid shooter. We ride our bikes together. He's very physical. And Bishop was a, a boy scout. He was very athletic in high school and college and all of that. I remember when we first met, he used to do racquetball. He and, and uh, Byron Cage, who was his roommate, they would go and play bass, uh, racquetball, which is, you know, you know, takes a lot of agility and, yes. and, uh, and all of that strength and core strength and all that. So, but, you know, ministry, as we were doing ministry, started letting himself go. I started letting myself go. And before we knew it, we were both out of shape. We were bo we yeah. both had all this weight. And it was just, it was, 
it was way. And, and so we had to really, really course correct and realize that we could be in ministry and love others and still love ourselves. That's so important. I mean, it's just so important. You know, you've mentioned how you had the conversation with Bishop and that's one thing my husband did, you know, uh, with me as well. And it was very, I don't know, that moment was very sobering for me um, when he said, you know, well, I'm trying to get you because I want, I want you to be around for a long time with me because I didn't marry you to be alone or to end up alone. Oh. Like I said, I want us to do this together. And that oh. one was like, <gasps> I was like, oh my gosh, okay, babe. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was just like, okay. Because I know, I know your husband, um, um, he is very much into fitness and he eating healthy and running the Peachtree Road Race and and mm -hmm. all of that. And you're right. And as couples in ministry, it's important. And we have to find some, Bishop and I had to find some that we enjoy together. Now, sometimes I go on the range with him. Um, and then we, but what we found is we found bike riding to be something that we both enjoy. And so we started making that our sport that we do together. And so we, I just said to him this morning, I said, okay, the weather's breaking. We need to go on and get our bikes. You know, go, he said, well, I'm going to go put some um, uh, air in our tires and make sure everything is well with our bikes. And um, so we can start riding. So next week, we're going to get back out there and start riding together. But it's so important. This is so. I think so what do you think about being willing to discover? I think that we need to also um, be willing to discover what our since we're talking about this, what our mates even like. Um, and be yeah. willing to try what they may interest them to see if it's something you can jive with. And you know what? Even if it's not your thing for real, for real, still, you might yeah. discover that you might actually like it. <laughs> and you yeah. know, I've discovered I enjoy going to the Ranger Bishop, but I like yeah. the outdoor range. I don't particularly care for the indoor range because it's loud. It's just so loud, yes. And the smell of the gunpowder um, bothers me. Um, but the outdoor range, I love it because I like outdoors. And right. then I like to move and all of that. And so we found, I found that I enjoy that. That's uh, perfect. So you're right. We have to explore and, and try something. And like I said, I wasn't a big bike. I wasn't a big, I wasn't into bike riding, but he likes to ride bikes. And so we, we a couple of years ago, we bought bikes and um, we started riding and exploring trails together around Atlanta. And um, we we really enjoy it. And and now it's like, okay, it's, it's time to do, we, you know, do that when the weather breaks. And now I'm like, yeah, let's do that. This, this That's time a win. Like That's a win all the way around. That's, I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. We, we actually tried axe throwing, which I had never even thought of. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. you posted that. Did you I was enjoy terrible that? at it. I was terrible at it. But because he loved it so much. I was like, we would do this again because it was it was good for my mind. It was good for our relationship. We laughed. We talked. We jumped on trampoline like we were 10 years old again. Like, it was just amazing. And just going there and just being able to jump on the and bounce on the trampoline. Like, those types of things were really, really healthy in terms of self-care. So it was definitely good. I mean, I beat him at basketball. Who knew he's 6'4"? I was dunking those things with that trampoline. Choo, choo, you know? It was great. It was just great. So I say allow yourself, give yourself permission to just have fun and just try some new things. And, and you know what? And that's and, and I'm glad you said have fun because we think because yeah. we're in ministry, we can't have fun. Right. Who said the ministry, you have to be <laughs> serious all the time and and look like you're sucking on lemons and right. half mean and mad. You ain't got to look like that. Smile. Have the joy of the Lord. Laugh, have fun, crack jokes, and I, you know, I, you know, I joined a, a double Dutch group. Yes, and, um, and I love it, and I call it play therapy. Wow, <laughs> I call it play therapy because it's like it takes me back to my days. I'm, and many of the women in the group are from Chicago and New York because that's what we did. We jumped rope. That's that's what we did. We were outdoors and we jumped, and so it took me back. It it's taking me back to my childhood. And we're all 40 and up. All the women in the group are 40, wow. 40 plus double Dutch club. As a matter of fact, if you go back in my podcast, the founder of the double Dutch, um, Pamela Robinson, I did. I interviewed her back, I think, in August. Um, so she's uh, on the podcast as well. I think her episode is one of my August episodes or September may have been. But I think it was August. And she um, she's she's on the podcast is it's, um, on the YouTube channel is also uh, in Anchor. And you can go back. But, yeah, I call it play therapy because, yes, we need to be able to have fun. Yeah. Even in ministry, it's fun. Yes. And we can do that by ourselves. We can do it with our spouses if we're married. 
and we can do it with other groups of people and they newsflash they don't have to be members of your church right <laughs> yeah i was gonna I say especially in ministry. Right <laughs> you know, i want to say especially in ministry and i don't know if i can really say that because i realize people have a lot of things that they serve and work in but i feel like when it comes to ministry, you are you are being an example, whether you realize it or not. You're mentoring someone. Whether I mean, it's the greatest thing. If you can find a way to do more than eat, this is so bad for me to say. Um, we can no, fellowship not, beyond say, just say eating. It all. Say it all. <laughs> we can fellowship beyond just eating, y'all. Like, I try to invite some friends. To, I said, can we do something else besides eating? Like, I really want to go. And I was talking about doing something just random. Like, I don't care. We can go jump. We can go walk. I want to do something active. Um, yes, I didn't want to go and sit that. at a, and I'm telling at a you, restaurant. Like do that. It, it, we don't just have to eat. When I go to my Double Dutch Club on Sunday afternoons after church, I go on first and third Sunday, and I love it. We have, we we come, we jump for an hour, and we end in prayer because we're women of faith. Most women and the the group leader, she says we are, we end in prayer, and if you are comfortable with that, you can step out of the circle. But we do, and we always end in prayer. And we respect other people's faith traditions or whatever. And if that's not your thing, we're okay. And it ain't no long lay you out. The God gonna, you know, heal your body prayer. It ain't all of that. It's just <laughs> thanking the Lord for the activity of our limbs. That's great. And thanking God that we're alive and asking God to cover us. We all share a little something. Hmm. that, And it's so, it's so... There are a couple of ladies from my church who have come. I've invited. I said, come on. So Deacon Jerry comes and Ashaki, um, she joined. And um, um, sometimes Deacon Roz goes with me. But um, but for the most part, they're not members of my church. And I love, you know what? I love that. And you know yeah. what I tell them? Don't call me. And they blew my cover. Jerry them blew my cover. I didn't want them to know that I was a pastor. Right. I didn't want the women to know that. And you know what I really appreciated the first time I went, Joyce, and they did the prayer circle. They didn't ask me to pray. They didn't ask you to pray. <laughs> and I was so happy. Yeah. To be in a prayer circle and be the only pastor in the prayer circle. And they didn't ask you to pray. Yeah. I was oh, like, <laughs> I'm coming back to this group. Oh, Steve's better now. I, you don't have to send me an invitation because I don't know how to double Dutch. Never did learn but, that. But we do more than double Dutch. We, do, we sing the jump rope and we hula hoop <laughs> and we do hopscotch. So come on. Okay. So I like all those things. I just cannot double Dutch. That's Never fine. Do. But Not we'll teach you how to double Dutch if you want to. But we do single jump. We do, um, we do uh, Chinese jump rope and we do... Um, Hopscotch, you see us doing the, you know, mm -hmm. we doing the double Dutch club. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's so much fun. And yeah. then we hula hoop. I like I can't hula hoop for the life of me. I oh, try every time I hula hoop, it just falls down on me. I'll be trying. They say they say it's in your hips. It's something and I just <sighs> I don't know, but it just ain't working for me. I look a mess. <laughs> but I have fun doing. I have fun trying. Yeah. And it's I important. So don't you think like how important, I know I'm not the interviewer, but how important no, no, is it to literally, um, I think just having fun. I don't know. I feel like it's medicine. The Bible says laughter is like good. It's like medicine. And so I feel it's important. Do whatever it takes to make you laugh. Like get in, just have fun, you know, be silly. You know, I just love having a good time. People don't believe that because they see me in one context in church. Um, that's one side, but I absolutely, I like to have fun. I like to dance. I, even though I can't, and that's, that's part of the fun, not really knowing how. It's just fun. I just like to move, you know? And so um, it's just a great time. I think it's important for people in ministry, especially because we do carry not just our stuff, but everybody else's stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's well, come on and hang out with us in the Double Dutch Club on some Sunday yeah. afternoons. If you feel like it, just yeah. put your clothes in the car, stay on this side of town. <laughs> I'm going to have to pin the night, as the little baby say. I'm going to have to pin the night because it's so far. But um, yeah, absolutely. We jump for an hour. We can go eat a light lunch, and then you can go to the, you can come over here and change your clothes. <laughs> okay. And then we go jump rope. It's a date. <laughs> <laughs> it's a date. Okay. You you really will enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And then you might you know you could look and see if there's a club in your area because they have clubs all around uh, oh. the metro area. Um, this just that I jump on in particular with you. They just started one in Conyers where I where I live. Oh, wow. 
And that, but that was on Saturdays and that doesn't really work for my schedule. And so um, it just started. Um, but um, I said, you know, when I can, I will try to, you know, go to that one. But the Sunday afternoon really works for me mm-hmm. um, because after I get done and now that we're doing the live stream and we ain't doing 1500 services right. on a Sunday. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> remember I told you, we got to save our energy. So yeah. um, I'm sleeping in later on Sunday morning. So now I can go do the live stream and then yeah. come home, eat me a light lunch and go jump and go. You should see me. I'll be like, I got to go. I got to go jump. I saw you Sunday doing this. I saw she yeah, I'm, I'm like, I got to go, go jump. My jump rope started at four o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so if y'all going to get prayed for, y'all better come on now because I got to go jump at four. Okay. I love it. I yeah, love it. So, so find what works for you. That's the message in this, but you got to do something. You know, you got to start moving. You got to start taking care of yourself and just having fun. Um, I think if we have a choice to participate in living longer, we should do so. So whatever yeah. that looks like. Yes, God promised it. Yes, you know, he promised us with long life will satisfy you, all the things. But what are you doing to partner and cooperate with God's promises? That's the key. How are you partnering with God's promise over your life? That's it. Well, listen, I was getting ready to ask you to give us a final word, and that was it. Yeah. (laughs) I was just getting ready to ask you, and if you want to say anything else, please, by all means, do so. But I was just going to say, um, um, Joyce, can you give us one more just final admonition as relates to being in ministry, being a woman in ministry and the importance of self-care? Can you close us out? Absolutely. So I feel like. Can you pray for us? Yes, I will. Pray for us in this area. I will. And I'm going to say, I feel like Paul. I preach, pray and prophesy more than you all. And I've received tons of prophetic words. I believe the word of the Lord of my life. I believe all the promises and all the predictions and all those things. But what I realize is that I must also partner with the prophetic on my life. I must also partner with those words over my life. Um, and so that looks like putting my faith in action. That looks like me taking better care of myself, eating um, the right things. Or if I'm not able to eat the right things because of discipline, then I want you to try to take away the wrong things little by little, but you can do something. Find out what that something is, because as you partner with God's word over your life, as you partner with the promises, the prophetic, the preached word over God, over, over your life from God, then you're going to be able to see the things manifest. Um, and you're going to become motivated behind that. You're going to do it more. You're going to see the benefits. And you are an example to the believers. That's what the Bible said. Be that an example. This is another way yet to be an example. So I just want to admonish you for self-care and to start with you. Start where you are. That's another thing. Start where you are. Um, and then watch everything else begin to develop and to build and you'll have momentum and you'll be excited about self-care. You'll be a guru like Dr. Tony is <laughs> one day. Who knows? Um, so I want to pray for us right now. So, Father, I just want to thank you for every listener, every viewer um, that has listened and will listen and partake of what we have said on today. We thank you. We believe that this word is being set on good ground. I want to pray for us in the area of discipline and focus that you will allow us to cooperate with your word over our lives. You will allow us to get up from our stagnant places and spaces, find a way to walk, to breathe, to exercise, to just enjoy life at a new level. I pray against the spirit of stagnation and procrastination and laziness. And I speak long life over your viewers and listeners today. As we cooperate with you, we are going to experience a re-energized life, a new capacity to thrive and to live and to go and to also grow and to be more effective in our purpose, in our mission, in our mandate with all you have called us to do. We appreciate you this afternoon, this morning, this evening, whenever you're listening or watching. And we trust that God's word of your life is assured and is established as you cooperate with him, watch him move through you and with you. The word of the Lord says this, it is in him that we live, we move, and we have our being. And I believe he's going to give us a blessed life as we begin to move. Thank you for listening. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Joyce. Before you leave, I do want to just let people know how to find you. Okay. Sure. Um, so um, the Kingdom Sisters Network is Joyce's ministry that she spoke of earlier that she started. And there are women connecting with her from all over the world. And you may want to be one of those women in ministry. If you're in isolation, you're out on the island by yourself, you don't have to be. So um, connect with um, with Pastor Joyce. And I know she'll do you good on your journey. She and the women in the Kingdom Sisters Network. And there's the website. Is that right, Joyce? That's Kingdom correct. Sisters 
Network.com. You can connect with Joyce on Facebook. Um, she is a social media guru. She didn't even talk about that, <laughs> but she is a social media guru. You can find her on Instagram at I am Joyce Gilmer at I am Joyce Gilmer. And Joyce, where are you on Twitter? Um, I'm so used to following you on Instagram and Facebook. I don't see yeah. you out on Twitter streets too often. Not too often. Not too often, but I'm Give me your, your Twitter so I can put it up here. I believe <laughs> it's I move you forward. I believe okay. I move you forward. Twitter is um, at, I'm going to put that banner up. I move you forward. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And um, I'll move you. You know, I'm I'm still learning how to do all this stuff. I'm so proud of you. Are you proud of me? You <laughs> yes. They, you have grown so much. They, they stretch me. I got a new podcast studio in here. I got a new camera, yes, a new computer. You know, I live with techies, though. You know that. Right? I love it. Listen, you God, know, my house is you full of techies. Yes. My, I remember. my husband on down. I remember, Dr. Tony, you was not trying to have it. When I first came to Covington Highway, I don't have time for all that social media. I don't want to, I don't want to, and I'm like, y'all in the streets more than me. I'm like, they do social media way more well, than you I taught us. You taught us well. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. It's amazing. And look at all that God has drawn to you as a result, though. Wow. Thank like, you. you increased your capacity, and now God is sending this huge influx because you took a leap, and you were out here in the social media streets, and I am just... <laughs> and you know what and I have when you were talking about being an example I, one of the things that I'm just so blessed by is the number of women who are now working out mm -hmm. who are eating better who are living healthier who yeah. are taking care of themselves and telling me you know I, I had someone yesterday just out of the clear blue inbox me on Facebook and she was like I just want you to see this, my steps for the day and she had taken a oh, picture yeah. of her her um her fitness tracker and this is not even somebody that I'm like I'm like in conversation with or that's a part of the Harmonize Your Life Self-Care Network I mean she just somebody that I know and, uh, and know of and she knows of me but she inboxed me because she wanted me to see wow <laughs> yeah that she had done over 10,000 steps. And I was like, girl, you need to come on and join the fitness challenge. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so Put thank it in the group. You. Put it in the group. Yeah, drop it. Yeah, drop it in the group. Yeah, I told her, I said, girl, I sent her the link. I said, come on here and join with us. But mm -hmm. yeah, so for those of you that are just joining us or listening, you know, this is the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tony Alvarado. You can follow us on Faith, on um, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor. We're out there in these social media streets, as Joyce says. I'm on YouTube. You can uh, watch the podcast on YouTube. And ladies, um, not only can you join the Kingdom Sisters Network, but you can also join the Harmonize Your Life Self-Care Network. We have built a movement around self-care, health, and wellness for women of color. And we are so excited. Women are joining this network from all over the country, and we are excited about it. We're looking forward to helping you with your self-care, your health, and your wellness goals. Thank you again, Joyce. Oh, let me also say, if you haven't joined our fitness challenge, it's not too late. Get on in there. We're doing 58 <laughs> push-ups, 58 sit-ups, 58 um, crunches or full, uh, full, did I say that already? Full, 58 crunches and full sit-ups, 58 lunges, 58 squats, and um, and I forgot what the other one was, push-ups. We're doing all those things in celebration of my 58th birthday. Yay! So I'm, I'm doing a fitness challenge for my birthday because I want to live long and prosper and be in health, even as my soul prosper, and I want you to do so too. So join me by being healthy because I don't want to be the only healthy one in the bunch. I want my girlfriends to be healthy too. All right. So stay with us. Uh, follow us. Follow the podcast. Follow us. Follow Joyce. Follow me out here in these social media streets. And I believe that we can help you with your life. We can help you with ministry and we can help you be all that God has called you to be. Yeah. And you can finish well. You can finish well. Thank you again, Joyce. We'll Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado. 
I am so delighted about bringing the Harmonize Your Life podcast to you. Would you do me a favor? If you are enjoying this this podcast, would you email me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com? I want to hear from you. I want your feedback. I want to know if there are any other topics that you are interested in as it relates to wellness, self-care, nutrition, or just overall bringing harmony into your life. Email me, contact me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com.